Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey lady, welcome back. In today's episode, we are going to talk about trauma. Trauma has been a buzzword, I feel like, recently, maybe just in the social media and outlets that I lean into. Uh, but I think also though, maybe not so maybe, in the, you know, it's, it's talking about in the news that's talking about and what's happening in our lives with COVID, with Black Lives Matter movement, with the world and our energy shifting and pivoting so much as it has truly in 2020. It's this year has been a massive shakeup to our norms and to how we live our lives. And honestly, this is going to be way off on a tangent a little bit, but when people say, you know, when we go back to normal, I don't think we're going to, we're just, ne- it's never going to be the same. And that's not bad. It can be hard to embrace and it can be hard when there's uncertainty and honestly grieving and being sad for leaving things behind that maybe we will I don't know what that outlook will look like what our new quote-unquote normal will be but all of this ties into a lot feeling a lot of heavy emotions being really triggered by a lot of things that are coming up and maybe reacting in ways that you typically wouldn't or reacting in ways that you default to when times are challenging. And a lot of underlying from this and those thoughts and actions and behaviors really can stem back to trauma. Trauma to me is a really aggravating word. It brings up, it boils up a lot to my surface it happens and I know that this happens and I can see it, it still does, but it happens to me because I try to justify why my experiences in life were not as bad as somebody else's and that can be very true. Um, Sometimes when I think of, not sometimes, when I think of trauma, immediately what comes to my mind is death, the loss of somebody really close to you a horrific accident, a diagnosis that shakes your very foundation, these massive, huge, devastating life challenges or life interrupts. And so when the idea that we're all exposed to trauma and that we've all had it and have either worked through it or in the process or don't realize that we need to work through it, But that a traumatic event can be something that somebody said to you when you were a small child and that triggered that sticked with stuck with you and that's triggering in you and playing out in your life now. To me, I feel this guilt that I carry around because how dare I give myself the reason to act out in a way or 
go about my life in a certain way and call what I've experienced trauma when it's not nearly as bad as somebody else's. And that is such a disservice that we are doing to ourselves. And I'm going to talk about this deeper as we're going. And it's something that I have to be very observant of in myself and work through of myself. So backing up a little bit, if this isn't something that... uh, an area that you're familiar with, we're going to boil it down to basics and then we'll build from there. But we have to really understand the foundation of something before we can add to it and before really we can radically change it. Because a goal that we all can be pursuing, and I think most of you have aligned goals like this if you're here and you're listening, it's just part of the MO of what this community is and what this brings is just looking to better ourselves, looking to be not that there's anything wrong with where we're at, but we want to raise up and to be a, the closest to the highest, best version of ourselves that we can be. And with that, I have learned to know deep in my heart and my soul and my mind that in order to raise up, I have to release all of the baggage that I've been holding on to for most of my life or a great portion of my life. And that baggage is trauma. It truly, truly is. I am in the process right now of doing a breathwork certification course. It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, And I'll be talking about a lot of those principles a lot more as I start to implement those practices and modalities deeper into my coaching, into the podcast, into my social media platforms as it becomes more involved in my life or more um, readily available for me in my personal life, then I will begin to share that with all of you deeper. In one of the modules, though, that we were just working through was really on trauma-informed breath work by Rachel Maddox. And if you're not familiar with her, oh my gosh, look her up. She is this light beam, this I just radiant being of love and spirituality that I aspire to be someday. But as Rachel explained trauma, it clicked in me really quickly and it really made sense. And it essentially said that a traumatic event is experiencing something too much, too fast, too soon without your consent. I I love that. It resonated with me. And so coming back to this process, remember those things too much too fast, too soon, without your consent. And that's going to apply to so many different pieces in your life. As we mentioned before, when we think of the word trauma, and I'm going to try to get a different word instead of saying this word a thousand times in this episode, but I don't know that I will. So just go with it. But as we have these events or experiences that shape us in our lives, many of them are imprinted on us when we're really small children. Sometimes we remember them in our conscious mind. Sometimes we only replay them in our subconscious mind or holding that trauma in our body somewhere. And we're not even aware of that. There's some modalities and practices that can help you work through that. Some hypnosis, uh, some RTT, some rapid transformation therapy, some things that I've experienced and done that I have some episodes you can go back to and listen to an amazing experience that I had with an RTT practitioner, but um, they can also be obviously events that happen in current time in our life. 
life continues to happen and as we evolve and as we grow, there's going to be experiences that really define and shape us and that change how we move going forward. That doesn't have to be bad. We have to look at those experiences as an opportunity of growth, of not something that's happening to you, it's happening for you. And I know that it's a elite privilege of mine to sit on the side of not going through some of the most horrific things in life to be able to say that. Um, But I have some episodes coming up with a handful of women who have really experienced some deep, dark, hard things, and they speak to the same level as well. So um, remembering that as we're addressing all of this, We can't allow ourselves to sit in that victim. We have to begin to work through it and and use that as an opportunity to grow and to be better and to empower ourselves and let that radiate to others. The interesting thing about trauma is, and as I'm learning more about this, is how it is held and stored inside of our bodies. Our bodies are so infinitely wise. And when we have something that is a life-changing experience or a short instance that somebody said to us when we were a small child that changes the way that we react or we think about things, it stores itself somewhere deep inside of our bodies. And it basically plays on a loop. But the issue is when it's playing on a loop is it's never completing the loop. Our body doesn't want to store the trauma. It wants to fully move through the emotion that we're experiencing and then release it and let it go. But when we don't have the tools set, the skills to do that, these little traumas are eddying around in our bodies constantly, trying to finish this loop, trying to release, trying to, but they have to go back to the beginning again because there's a little kink in the works that doesn't allow them to do so. I think of this like singing the alphabet. If somebody asked you to sing the alphabet, you'd start with A, you'd do the little bebop song, you'd end at Z, finish it up. There, you've completed that cycle. But if somebody tells you, hey, sing the alphabet, but start at K, I would be like, I don't don't know that I can do it. And maybe if I thought long and hard enough, I could, but really on the spot, I I can't think of what comes after K in the alphabet. I, I can't. Or if somebody said, start at A, sing to M, skip those NLOP middle section, and then hit like T, like it, there's, there's a piece there's a cog missing in that wheel and it's not making its way all the way through and that is what's happening inside our body and what happens inside our body then is it starts to play out it starts to impact when that trauma is activated it starts to impact how we go about our daily lives maybe it means that's why we tend to emotionally eat or need to control things or have an emotional meltdown hit the wall and just turn off and completely go numb and unplug from things when stress is is too high you can start to see how these incidences or these impacts that have happened weasel their way into how we go about our day-to-day 
And maybe it's not every single day, but it's patterns that start to play out when we hit that triggering part of that loop again. So in order to release that, we have to, again, cultivate a tool set to allow ourselves to do that. I want to be very clear that in working through releasing this and working to expand and move out of that space, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to forget the incident that happened. I was in a car accident and I'm not going to forget, just magically forget one day, like, oh, I was in a really bad car accident. No, that's pretty much ingrained in my memory. But how that's stored in my body and how I react to that can be something that I work through. If you lose somebody that you love deeply, it just doesn't magically go away when you begin to build through your grief and work through that and cultivate a journey of that. No, you still remember that. It's just how we're acting and responding and moving forward throughout that process. Talking about releasing, we need to the first thing that you can do you can do on your own and that's just seeing maybe you do remember the event maybe you don't but seeing where patterns start to play out watch how you respond when you're noticing that are you responding as a hyperactive response go 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 busying yourself with a hundred things pushing yourself really really hard at the gym because you need to just move out that energy and it's stuck and it's stagnant in your body and you're not releasing it properly maybe it's um filling your schedule so full that you don't have time for anything else and you're just frenzied and going and going until you collapse and exhaust yourself maybe you are the opposite end of that spectrum, and you're hypo-responsive. You numb. You choose food to emotionally eat out or eat to get that emotion expressed or to fill that void. You just endlessly sit on the couch and binge watch whatever is on Netflix because the idea of being active and present in your mind and your body is just overwhelming. Or you just zone out on social media or just completely turn down every opportunity to see or do people because it's just so much energetically draining for you. And maybe you have both responses. Maybe you toy around with the two or a medley of them. We most often do. But just being aware of where you're doing this and and maybe you can see what the underlying root cause of that is. And maybe you can't. That's okay. Slowing down is so key when we do this process. I cannot emphasize this enough. I'm going to beat it into the ground and over and over again because I just experienced it myself. I do this practice called a feeler where you have somebody just hold space for you and for five minutes you run through the sensations, emotions that you're feeling in your body but you're not attaching them to a storyline. So if I'm saying that my shoulders are tight I'm letting it be that my shoulders are tight, not my shoulders are tight because I'm stressed out and I was really anxious and then I slept funny and then that like caused to be more sore. No, no, no. I'm just being mindful and being present. But I can't do this unless I'm very quietly just sitting and being and being observer of my body. So you know I'm going to talk about breath work because this is where most of this is stemming from. 
and I'll do a whole episode on breath work and why it really, really, truly is transformative in releasing that, the, the physiological activations that our breath is doing to our body in that space. Yoga is another one of just connecting yourself with your actual body and removing that ego from chattering. Meditation is another one. Basically, essentially any of those practices where you are really detaching your head from running the show and just asking yourself, what would I do if my body was in charge? How can I just listen and honor to what the signs and some symptoms that my body is telling me that I need to pay attention to and don't judge them and don't try to manipulate or change them, but just be aware of them. And then resource. We need to have resources, especially when we are beginning this journey. Do not try to go at this by yourself. You can do, you can work on it by yourself and you can implement things in your day. We are not equipped to do this. Nobody gave us this lesson book in school of, first of all, how to even manage our emotions and how to deal with them in a way that's serving us and not detrimental to us, let alone trauma, let alone digging up and uncovering things. Because oftentimes what happens is when we do start to dig and uncover this, this is not a glorified journey. Like don't for one second think that this work is something that is this beautiful experience. It can be eventually, but it's hard and it's uncomfortable. And having somebody there to guide you and be that support and just even hold space for you is really powerful. Also, as we're kicking up this shit, we then can get into this head cyclone pattern of just swirling and swirling and swirling. And when those emotions and that trauma is kicked up and it's just unactive, we just sit in this tailspin and we don't know how to come down. I had to learn skills and I had to have somebody help me with those skills to bring me back down and to calm that back down and assess that situation better. Maybe that means that you have a coach. Maybe that means that you see a therapist. You do some somatic healing. You do breath work. You do tapping. You Whatever modality feels comfortable for you, there's a zillion of them. There's a million of them. Seek them out. Try different things. I utilize many of them all in different areas and times and seasons throughout my life. So there's not one that's superior to the other as long as it's actually helping you. And I said in the beginning, and this is something that I really want you to sit with and to think about and to ask yourself some tough questions. What stigma, what storyline, what narrative, what justification do you have for either the trauma that you have or for not dealing with the trauma that you have? Yes, trauma is going to fall on a spectrum. Somebody saying something to me, making a comment about if I was going to take a second helping when I was a little girl, stuck with me and maybe transformed the way that I view and had a relationship with food. And I created that and cultivated that when my brain wasn't fully developed and I didn't have the knowledge to know better in that moment. So that can be, that's a traumatic event. Losing somebody is a traumatic event. They're losing a child, losing a parent, losing a loved one. Yeah, there's a spectrum. 
but my experience is still my experience and it shaped me in some way and I have to honor that. I can't say, well, because mine wasn't as bad as hers, I don't deserve, I don't have the right, I don't have the ability to change or to work through and to better myself. That's kind of just me sitting in it. And I love how this always aligns. Before I sat down to record this, I was listening to Brene Brown and she was speaking on this just randomly. It just worked out so perfectly. But she said that we have to stop the stigma of diminishing our trauma because when we diminish our trauma, what it actually does is it decreases our ability to be empathetic towards somebody else's. I loved this. I loved it. And it's so true. If I'm saying my experience wasn't bad enough to seek doing anything about it, or why would, why would that even change or shift my life? Guess what it did? I'm not here to judge it. But if mine wasn't bad enough, then who's to say yours isn't bad enough? And no, I don't really care that you're struggling because somebody has it way worse than you. So just get over it. Well, that's not empathetic. I don't know what that person experienced. I'm not walking in their shoes. And this is coming back full picture to what's happening in the world right now. I am in no way able to have the ability to, the capacity to, or quite honestly, the gall to tell somebody that what they see, live, feel, know to be true is not as impactful as it is for somebody else to have a polar opposite situation. Your experience is your experience and honor that and stop being so damn hard on yourself and saying, okay, so maybe my situation isn't as sad or bad as somebody else's, but it's mine. And I need to take the ownership of what is mine, be loving and be kind, be non-judgmental, and take the steps to be a better person for me, not for anybody else, but simply for me. This is a topic that we're going to be weaving in quite a bit in the next couple episodes. Like I said, um, in next week episode for sure. Um, and the ones following that and starting to talk about some of these buzzword type things that get a lot of hype, but we don't really know maybe what they are or how they apply to our lives. So I would love to hear what resonated with you in this. If you experience that same guilt cycle about labeling yourself a certain way or saying something about yourself in any way or capacity. And just know that the sooner that we can just give ourselves that grace and that love and that compassion, the sooner that we can start to work through what we need to work through, the higher we raise, the higher we reach, the higher that vibration goes. And we really do step into just another elevated, beautiful version of yourself. Sending you light, sending you love, always. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode, and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.